I'm Sharon Batters, and you are listening to the Daily Treasure Podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. And we are continuing and actually wrapping up our series called A Pilgrimage Fueled by Hope. And over the next few weeks, we will be taking a look at the life of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat is one of my favorite real-life person in the Bible who lived a real life and uh, experienced ups and downs, started out really intimate with the Lord, but just like us, made some decisions that were going to have very painful consequences. And so let's get started with Jehoshaphat's story. Today's treasure is from 2 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 3 through 5. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments, and not according to the practices of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. At 35 years of age, Jehoshaphat follows in his father's footsteps and becomes king of Judah after his father's death. He also follows his father in the way he immediately takes steps to fortify the country and continues to build a strong spiritual foundation. Jehoshaphat takes stock of the weak spots along Judah's border and loses no time in sending troops to all the cities of Judah, placing garrisons in Judah and in the towns his father Asa had captured. Jehoshaphat, according to scripture, walked in the earlier ways of his father David. He did not seek the Baals, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. In response to the commitment of Jehoshaphat to walk in obedience to the Lord, God established the kingdom in his hand. And all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat, and he had great riches and honor. Like so many, Jehoshaphat started a new chapter in his life with a heart, according to scripture, devoted to the ways of the Lord. He did not just put on godly behavior. He put off the symbols of rebellion against God when he removed the high places and the Asherah poles from Judah. In so doing, Jehoshaphat sent a loud message that the people of Judah were to worship only the one true God. Repentance means putting off sin and putting on holiness. For example, a thief is still a thief until he gives back what he has stolen. A liar is still a liar until she starts telling the truth. By removing the idols, the king calls for repentance from the people who worshiped at these places. Yet, the king knows it is not good enough to remove the idols. That is only half of repentance. Transformed hearts lead to obedience. So the king charges his officials and priests with the task of teaching God's word, or the book of the law, to everyone in every town. This is a man on a mission. His heart belongs to God. He loves God's word and wants the people to love it as well. He fully embraces his role as king and his job to protect God's people. God blessed Jehoshaphat's obedience and leadership by instilling the fear of the Lord in all the surrounding lands. Their enemies brought them priceless gifts and Jehoshaphat became more powerful, building forts and store cities in Judah. He prepared for the future with storehouses full of grain and supplies. 
He kept a strong military force in Judah, and his fighting men grew to over one million strong. Imagine the size of this army, just as large, if not larger, than the army of modern-day China. But was it enough? He served God. He did everything he knew to protect the people of God. God showed his pleasure over the king by making him prosperous, powerful, and the kings well-fortified. But was it enough? Do you resonate with the behavior of Jehoshaphat as he takes on this new responsibility? Remember when you started a new job, a new year, or a new relationship, and you were determined to do it right this time? Do you see yourself in his commitment to leading God's people to turn over a new leaf or start over in their pilgrimage of knowing and trusting God? Such a commitment requires a dying to self and humbly relying on the love and grace of God to flow out of your life from a heart committed to a life of obedient worship. Like Jehoshaphat, our intentions are good, but the pressures of life sometimes take us to that place of inadequacy and the questions, am I enough for this task, this role, this job, or this relationship? What else can I do? Is there anything wrong with wanting to be strong to fulfill our responsibilities with courage and strength? Of course not. But there is something wrong with believing that if only we dig down into our souls deep enough, we'll find the strength and wisdom we need. As we often do, Jehoshaphat seems to ask himself these questions and answers them with choices outside of God's plans. Each misstep becomes a teaching moment that helps prepare him for that crushing day when he cries out, Lord, we do not know what to do. Our eyes are fixed on you. Jehoshaphat's story reminds us that our weakness draws God to us, that it is in our weakness that we experience his strength. And oh Lord, someone hearing this may be struggling with their own ability to not just muddle through life, but to walk by faith in the pathway you have marked out for them. I pray that your Holy Spirit will transform the words of Scripture into a better understanding of your grace and power. Well, friends, what do you think about Jehoshaphat? Do you see yourself in his journey? Uh, Can you see how he trusted and then he didn't trust and he expected God to meet every need and then he thought he had to take care of things himself? I, I resonate with him so much. And I feel as though uh, what I want to tell you about today is kind of a picture of myself coming to that point of saying, I don't know what to do, Lord, so my eyes are fixed on you. Fifteen years ago, I wrote a book called Treasures in Darkness, A Grieving Mother Shares Her Heart. And recently, I had the privilege of creating an audiobook uh, with a company Uh, called One Audio. I finished the recording and pretty soon the book is going to be available for purchase. I am so excited about this book because I know that grieving people sometimes cannot read anything, but they can listen and they can hear. And in this book, I share a lot from my journal. It's really, really personal. There were times where I was recording where I just had to stop because I was taken right back into those early uh, months and days of grieving for our son, Mark. And I also, though, experienced great joy as I once more remembered God's faithfulness through this journey. 
So I hope that you'll pray with me that God is going to lead people who are brokenhearted to this book, uh, people who need to understand their brokenhearted loved one. It will be available soon, and I will let you know when you can purchase it. You'll be able to purchase it on any bookstore platform. So again, that's Treasures in Darkness, A Grieving Mother Shares Her Heart. And I pray that you will join me again, as I've asked, in praying for the Lord to honor the message of this book, and that it will be used to touch the hearts of many. I'm Sharon Betters. Thanks so much for joining us, and I look forward to being with you tomorrow.